Blog Talk Radio. Come back home to Africa. Come back home. 
Shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu, Aboru, Aboye, Aboshishe, Ashe. May our Ebo reach our room. May our Ebo be accepted. May our Ebo allow we desire to come to pass. And so we say, Ashe and Asheo. Divine all blessed greetings and salutations. I am, yes, I am. Sitting with you now live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum, universally, you are with the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elagun Oluye, Hudu Obeya Bokua, and soon-to-be reality show TV executive producer. But we'll discuss that just a little bit later. <laughs> Sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, universal, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African hoodoo, world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test. And one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is indeed my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. All of the blessing is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my teaching, my walk, my work, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey, it is how I, the Divine Prince, make sense out of all that we're challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, that place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine, all-blessed reality. And so it is. I say. Again, greetings and salutations to each and every one that I recognize, or maybe I have not recognized you as of yet. Thank you so much, Imani Sankofa. Greetings, greetings, Chef Bougie, and you and yours. Welcome this Monday, November 22nd, 2021. And I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you again live, virtually, verbally, quantumly, quantum universally, 
cosmically from this working temple of the house of the divine prince. Thai potions, hoodoo central in this legendary, historic, beautiful, and most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this spiritualist hoodoo a life path and journey passing down the great obia stick, along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals, ceremonies, sacred ceremonies, indeed the legacy, the culture, the tradition, the history of our sacred stories. And be mindful, the city of New Orleans is, as always, has picked up and moved on again. Just as we did post-Hurricane Katrina and still continue to rebuild, just as we are now doing post-Hurricane Ida and continue to rebuild, just as we are doing now in the midst of this enduring uh, pandemic, epidemic, and we continue to pick up and again move forward. So tourism is, is coming back. Activities and cultural events are are coming back. Second lines, indeed have returned. Uh, and I thank each and every one of you who visit and support my TikTok page and my Instagram page, as well as my Facebook and, and Twitter, who have seen and liked and reshare my recent videos of Second Lines, um, our sort of seasonal uh, Second Lines that we have uh, in the fall going into the winter uh, on Sunday, sun, Second Line Sunday, if you will. And then, of course, our uh, uh, more important uh, funerary culture, death culture, that's so unique and world-renowned to New Orleans, the jazz funeral, the first line, the second line, that takes place when, when people in our community that we love and honor and respect pass on, make their transition. We indeed send them off. In style, we indeed send them off with a, a unique ceremonial ritual formula that, that is crafted here in the soil of New Orleans, but was born and, and birthed in, in the ground and, and the seeds and the foundation of our West African ancestors, who indeed still till this day acknowledge the transitioning from one uh, dimensional space of reality and awareness uh, to the other uh, with very public celebrations and, and, and displays. So if you haven't done so already, please follow me, support me, like me, join me on TikTok, Instagram, all my social media outlets, many of which some of you are, are now listening in and sharing this broadcast. Please remember to share. Stop now, if you will. I don't mind. Stop now and share, click like, follow if you haven't done so already. Uh, and particularly on my blog, Talk Radio, uh, many of you still have not followed me, subscribe to me on the blog, Talk Radio. And this indeed ensures that you get the notices when I'm broadcasting or, or when I might not be broadcasting and, and have to sort of back out of a podcast uh, last minute due to increasing schedule. So this, this was all sort of a precursor, too. <laughs> and many of you know so, so the name of this song. My schedule is overwhelming. My schedule is overwhelming normally. But now 
uh, again, with this sort of post, and post might not be the right thing to say, um, but this next stage of pandemic, epidemic experience, uh, as people do begin to return to the city, uh, tourists, uh, guests, godchildren, initiates, clients, uh, announced and unannounced. Um, the, indeed, the schedule is overwhelming. And as we move forward in the filming of the reality TV show, um, that will only increase. Uh, I've done due diligence, I believe, and I've done my best to sort of ease you into this and sort of give you some uh, heads up that this was coming. And I'm grateful to those who have scheduled appointments, are scheduling appointments, do have RSVPs in place and are planning to come and share and participate um, in either services and consultation with me. Uh, indeed, our sacred story, our experience plus tour uh, with the beloved Denise Augustine as historian and, and tour guide uh, and, and, and spiritual godmother and elder, uh, but also as myself giving the New Orleans and, and the more um, – Pan-African perspective about voodoo and its manifestations, and not just here in New Orleans, but what makes New Orleans unique to Cuba, Puerto Rico, Brazil, Panama, uh, indeed Ghana, Togo, uh, West Africa. And so we invite you, please, the seats are filling up quickly, as you can imagine. Uh, people are, are, are now realizing things are in motion, and uh, the pent-up energy of, of not vacationing, not traveling, uh, many of you are just beyond that now. Some of you have already been here in the last 30 days, 60 days, and indeed, I'm grateful for you, uh, indeed. Uh, but I invite you to get your email request in right now, readings, services, consultations, initiations, ancestral work and divination. You most certainly want to do that. Um, I can imagine, I can only imagine that um, once the pilot airs and the reality show and the trailers begin to air, um, slots will become much more limited. So please, um, some are scheduling already two months out, three months out, six months out. Uh, so get your email request in to Divine Prince at houseofthedivineprince.com for your tour plus experience, and we will be more than happy to accommodate you. We will also be uh, accommodating both my clients and, and godchildren who are already on board with me, but then those who will be coming uh, in the coming weeks will uh, have an opportunity to uh, have some exposure by way of the reality show based on your comfort. Everybody's not going to want to participate in this. Uh, everyone is not necessarily um, meant to be a part of, of this, uh, but, but those who will and would want to, we are beginning to already uh, create space so that we can uh, accommodate everyone and, and be well structured in our scheduling and our timing as we move forward. So I invite you, I invite you to reach out to me. 
Um, greetings, Danette Gibbs. Yes, beloved, Danette Gibbs will be here. <laughs> yes. So I welcome you, welcome you all. Uh, greetings. Um, is it Jean Williams? Greetings, beloved. Yeah, um, this hasn't been done before, uh, what I'm attempting to uh, put together here, me and, and sort of my crew. Um, this hasn't been done before. This will not be like anything you can even envision right now in your head. Uh, as you can imagine, just this subject matter, this topic matter, this energy that we bathe ourselves in when we create the sacred space, you know, at noon, uh, when we create the sacred space within the dynamics of my divination. And, and I understand many of you, say for my clients and my godchildren, and indeed those who um, have helped to continue to popularize the Big Frida reality TV show, many of you have never seen uh, the inner workings of my divination and reading consultation services. Uh, but those who indeed have, even on the phone, even in Zoom or, or Skype, uh, can tell you it is an experience <laughs> to itself. Uh, my average consultation runs uh, 90 minutes to two hours. Um, and, and we are not repeating information. We are not uh, sort of doing the, you know, feel-good fortune teller kind of thing. We're, we're really hitting into details and specifics and, and scenarios and, and ways of viewing uh, our realities uh, so that we can better prepare, better serve, uh, better grow, better move forward as individuals and then individuals that feed society, that feed culture, uh, that feed tradition. And I want to talk a little bit about that today uh, in the development of uh, spiritual gifts, uh, how those paths those energies, those inroads tend to uh, intersect. Thank you for that, Danette Gibbs. That, those are things that I should be saying, but I don't think to say because I'm always so busy trying to uh, focus ahead on what my, my planned uh, topic is. But, but yes, indeed, I have um, years of podcasts available. I started podcasting in Block Talk Radio in I believe 2008, and um, I've been in YouTube, um, I believe since maybe 2013, uh, but then started doing um, podcasting, live broadcast through YouTube, uh, really right before the pandemic, and then it sort of uh, picked up a little bit more, um, again, riding the, the momentum of the pandemic. So I'm grateful uh, to each and every one of you who, uh, no, 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 I started YouTube in 2007. Yeah, 2007, but I didn't start doing live podcasts until more recently using the uh, YouTube platform. So much of that and, and much more that you all cannot even imagine, except for those who actually been here to the city. Um, will be shared and sort of revealed in the reality show. And I, and I don't want you to get the misunderstanding that the reality show will be about me. Uh, indeed, it will be about my experience in this environment, my experience in the city of New Orleans, uh, and sort of my own personal journey 
um, to where we all are here today. Uh, but many others will be sort of focused on and featured within the dynamics of the reality show as it relates to uh, spirituality and tradition in New Orleans. Uh, other practitioners, uh, resources where we shop, uh, places where we gather and, and connect, uh, again, at the cultural level, Congo Square, and, and of course, the, the very streets of our community where we come together will also be featured, but also the dynamics of what, um, indeed, my manifestation of New Orleans voodoo and tradition looks like. Uh, no two practitioners, no two priests, no two bishops, no two babalaos, no two imams, no two therapists are going to do things exactly the same. Indeed, there is a foundation from which we grow from, we pull from, and in the journey of self-discovery, um, this is just a sort of an ad product of that journey of self-discovery. Um, maybe we start with dream sequence. Maybe we start with synchronicities of events that tend to occur, you know, over and over or, or, or in cycles or seasons that we begin to take note of, you know, along our journey. Um, often it's trauma that opens that third eye energy, that opens that spiritual awareness, that beginning to seek something beyond ourselves, something beyond what's right in our faith, something beyond what we might be experiencing at any given time. And in a discussion of, of spiritual gifts and the development of spiritual gifts, First and foremost, we, we stand on our ancestral shoulders, right? We stand on the might and power and strength of great ancestral shoulders. And, and for those who are new to this, this, this is not just, you know, mythology, spirituality, a, a hoodoo, but science now confirms what we've always understood, that ancestral memory survives indeed in the blood. So our activities, our rituals, our ceremonies, our sacred spaces created for the acknowledgement of our ancestors, the meditating with and on our ancestors, the listening to, which, which then requires inner listening to, is sort of one shoulder to the other shoulder of personal development. In Yoruba, they talk about ori. In, in voodoo, we talk about lave tet or, or head cleansing or head washing or third eye activation and, 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 and opening. But indeed, we can't and are not separate from our bodies nor our blood, i.e. our ancestral lineage and heritage. And we are not separate from our connection to spirit, which often manifest in, in uh, feelings, emotions, intuitive uh, inclinations, uh, vibrations, smells, how we indeed tune in with our, our environment. So in the development of spiritual gifts, it might be important for me to suggest that we are all born with spiritual gifts. Indeed, 
the black woman is God, the black woman is God, the black woman is God. And so therefore we are birthed from the womb of the goddess, making us all gods and goddesses, just as we are all human at birth. We are not adults at birth. We go through a process of growth and development, but indeed we are all gods. We're all born gods. And then on a journey of self-development, self-awareness, and reconnectedness, if you will. And so we're all born with spiritual gifts or access to spiritual gifts. But these spiritual gifts are often triggered by something, particularly within the dynamics of our culture, of Western culture, right, which does not make room for, does not teach spiritual gifts, not even in the church, not even in the synagogue, not even in the mosque. No one's teaching spiritual gifts or how to operate within spiritual gifts. Not even in a sanctified church, ain't, ain't no speaking in tongue classes except for on TikTok, okay? Just on TikTok do you see the speaking in tongue classes, but there's no real, that sort of uh, humor uh, on the lighter end of it. Um, sarcasm, maybe, in, in the middle of it, and maybe outright mocking, you know, on the on the more aggressive side of it. But there's no spiritual class. There's no teaching of interpretation of tongues. There's no teaching of what tongues mean, what tongues do, what the tongue's purpose. None of that. And so there is a, a bit of an alphabet list of checkpoints that I, I created some time ago of triggers to spiritual gifts, triggers that we either activate ourselves or activated around us, sometimes by, by people, places, and things, environments, experiences. So indeed, God, however you define or visualize or understand God in its cosmic universal greatness, even those words might be limiting to what God is, but indeed God, the divine the cosmic universal uh, master creator plants the seed of spiritual gifts, gives spiritual gifts as it will, has, has implanted spiritual gifts. Because we tend to think of spiritual gifts as, you know, uh, one person so much more spectacular than, than the other, uh, as opposed to we all in nature find gifts that show up in varying degrees, varying levels of proficiency, um, dependent on our attention to it. The second trigger or source is indeed ancestors and ancestral memory. We know families uh, such as the, um, um, oh, wow, I'm drawing a blank now, um, Trombone Shorty's beloved mother who we uh, celebrated in second line um, over the weekend in, in her transitioning uh, to the next level, the beloved um, Lois, um, uh, Nelson Andrews. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to do too many things at once, y'all. Forgive me. <laughs> so, yeah, so may she rest in peace. Um, I know I'm not pronouncing her name right, and I can't get my thoughts together right now, but we have whole families that possess gifts of musical talent or artistic talent, uh, creative talents like uh, making things, creating things, uh, whole families of performers, uh, the, the family that, that you know, favors medical uh, careers, the family that favors education. And so, indeed, we have triggers that are pushed forward by our ancestors themselves that show up in our blood. Ancestral memory, indeed, shows up in our blood. And then that which shows up in the more spiritual manifestations that we often attribute to ancestors, like dreams, like synchronicities and overt signs uh, out in your daily walk that the ancestors are, are talking to you or showing you things or trying to get your attention. Uh, a death is a major trigger. Death in my alphabet letters of spiritual triggers to, to the development of spiritual gifts. Uh, we all respond to death in various ways. Others respond to death, you know, by going within. Others respond to death by becoming more social and, and, and coming out. Um, it affects us all sometimes even depending on who uh, the person is who, who's passing away, a, a parent, a, a someone close, a close relative, a, a spouse, a, a, indeed a, a loved one can sometimes trigger the event of spiritual gifts and, and development of spiritual gifts. And particularly in the case when you are uh, otherwise unaware of, of your propensity to have spiritual gifts, but, but then someone close to you passes and you are now seeing them in, in the dreams or they're talking to you in your dreams. Uh, this is often not just a spontaneous uh, one-time sort of event in a person's life, but indeed a trigger or showing of deeper spiritual gifts that could then be developed, enhanced, uh, focused on health, sickness, letter D, health and sickness uh, are indeed triggers to spiritual change and transformation. Uh, we hear people uh, being diagnosed with, with cancers and other uh, crazy, uh, spontaneous, uh, you know, diagnosis, uh, accidents, you know, car accidents, shootings, who then are spiritually transformed during those events. Their eyes are open spiritually in a way that, Maybe they hadn't had time to think about, didn't want to think about, hadn't noted, you know, had no reason to pay attention to, you know, depending on our upbringing. Uh, and then the sick event or the health event uh, sort of transformed that. Uh, we've seen that displayed uh, in sitcoms where someone else's tragic health event, uh, you know, then has a, a transformation, transformatorial uh, uh, effect on another character. Uh, I'm thinking right now Will Smith when uh, 
Carlton got shot trying to be sort of ghetto and hanging out in the hood and prove that he could, you know, be as black as the next guy, quote unquote, uh, and how that affected Will, you know, spiritually as a character, spiritually, and and it triggered sort of a, a inward reflection of your spirit body. Who am I? What condition is my spirit body in? How active is my spirit body really? How inviting have I been to allowing in, you know, that demonstration? Some of you are blocking out that demonstration out of fear. I hear that at least once a day in the context of a reading. You know, I've tried to avoid, I've hidden from, I didn't want to know out of fear uh, of a spiritual gift. Uh, Some of you associate having a spiritual gift with the occult. And we're going to talk about that a, a little bit more uh, after I get through my alphabet list. But um, so, so some of you have a negative connotation of any spirit gift, not, not understanding that spirit gifts are explicitly mentioned and detailed in all world religions, uh, including uh, the Bible, including Christianity, Catholicism, Islam. Uh, but the application of the spirit gift, um, the power in which the spirit gifts are being sort of motivated by, you know, this idea that it's either God or the devil um, has prevented some people from allowing these triggers to then become uh, active points of uh, conscious focus of development. So indeed accidents, letter E would be accidents, can create um, spiritual triggers for spiritual gifts. Um, we hear things like, you know, my life flashed before my eyes. You know, I, I saw my children in the future. You know, I saw my, uh, I'm pregnant, but I saw my baby. You know, those kind of things where accident uh, scare tactics, you know, created by life. You know, where, where you're just scared out of your wits in that moment, usually for what we believe to be a valid reason. Uh, but it creates sort of that trigger, you know, judicial cases. you got to go before the judge. You know, uh, I, I'm thinking now Tasha Mack, remember the, the, the sitcom, The Game, and how she would pray, Lord Jesus, if you just let my son live, you know, I, I, I'll stop cussing and, and, and I'll stop drinking. You know, I'll go to church mode. You know, we, we do this sort of checklist. But we also do that in, in, in relation to paying attention to when, Spirit is speaking to us. Intuition is speaking to us. Spirit gifts are trying to make a showing uh, for us. Uh, Letter S, emotion, anxiety, fear, stress, worry, desire, anticipation, uh, many other words that we could pull out can invoke uh, a scenario where we are triggered spiritually empathically, intuitively, uh, visually, uh, vibrationally, uh, audibly. And and I'm going to talk more about the different types of spiritual gifts. I think we also tend to overfocus on what a spiritual gift and what a spiritual gift means. Uh, We we immediately go to the tarot card deck. We immediately go to, I'm a psychic reader. We immediately go to um, the fact that I see things and hear things and 
and perceive things, then I'm somehow obligated to tell people about it or, 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 or offer that as a service, um, particularly when we're new on our journey. Often these triggers, not often, always these triggers, um, when we're new on our journey, have the, the goal of sort of self-development, self-awareness, um, giving you space to test the spirit, giving you space to see the spirit manifest, you know, before you put yourself in a position to do harm to yourself or to others. You know, I, I can't compare that to the, the uh, chemistry lab kit. Uh, back in my mama's day, who was born in 1940s, um, you know, they had chemistry kits that kids could buy, you know, at the toy store, you know, which eventually got taken off the market for obvious reasons. Um, poisonings, explosions, just, you know, for obvious reasons. And so I don't view the development of spirit gifts in the wrong hands, in immature hands very much different than than that. Uh, it could be dangerous to possess and, and be aware of a, a, a gift and then not use it with a degree of integrity, morality, scruples. Um, and, and we don't always understand the dynamics of what that is at 15, 16, 19, 20, 25, 30. We often don't understand the fullness of that. Uh, particularly when we have our own shadow work, ego, self-esteem, uh, how we treat ourselves and others, um, where we place our value, uh, all those trips, trip ups that that we find along the way of our personal spiritual journey, and and so these triggers, these signs, are for self-reflection. These are indeed for waking you up as the individual to your connection to God and spirit and nature and humanity and, and what that means about first you and who you are, but then more importantly, who, who you, who we grow into, who we, we become uh, nature. Letter G nature is a trigger to spiritual gifts. Uh, some of you connect much better and much easier to cats and dogs than you do to animals and people. I have a very close uh, friend slash relative who's very interconnected with with animals um, in a very empathic, intuitive, call it psychic uh, sort of way. And in in no way does uh, the person envision themselves as spiritually inclined, But, but indeed, they are. And many of you are spiritually inclined and are running like Job from the belly of the well, you know, are running from it, you know. And I sometimes equate that as a a sort of a, a, a moral, integral um, character um, accomplishment, because sometimes it's really about, you know, understanding the value. Some of you indeed understand the value of possessing a spiritual gift, especially a known spiritual gift, one that you openly acknowledge and, and that others are aware of. And we're going to talk about others being aware of your spiritual gift even before you become aware of your spiritual gift. 
<clears throat> but that's further down on my on my list of triggers to spiritual gifts and the development of spiritual gifts. Synchronicity, numbers, repetition. Uh, very few people know, uh, maybe even my intimate family members, um, that I count numbers a lot, especially in my head. Um, there's certain things that I do, I count numbers. Uh, but it's also sort of a byproduct of a connectedness to synchronicity and repetition that I've been aware of since uh, I was a teenage runaway. I remember being in Hollywood in, in the 1980s and, and hanging out with, with, with a friend or two and, and always, you know, making comments that... Um, when? Always making, off. making comments uh, about seeing certain people in, in certain places and in certain environments and, and always kind of knowing who we would see again. You know, that, that lady right there, we're going to see that lady right there again, you know, and, and it would show up, you know, uh, as, a, as a spiritual repetition. Synchronicity, uh, you, you talk about, you know, a particular top topic, subject matter, uh, and then the next commercial on TV, they're talking about that topic or subject matter. Or, or then someone comes into the house, the break room, you know, the work room, and they're talking about that subject, topic, or matter. That that's synchronicity, and and then of course numbers. How numbers show up. Certain numbers repeat uh, for many of you in, in the dynamic of this audience. Uh, you see the repetition of, of particular numbers, a certain number. And so I invite you, while we're at letter H in my alphabet, um, to always keep a journal. Always, always, always journal. Uh, the more spiritually inclined you, you envision yourself to be, the more spiritually inclined you, you envision yourself in becoming, um, the more I must stress to you the importance of keeping a journal. And for my younger audience, if it's going to make it easier for you to do, call it a grimoire, call it a magic book, <laughs> you know, call it, you know, what is the charm? The Charm Girls on TV show call a book, the book, of, the book of Secrets, the Book of Shadows. Call it, call it whatever you need, but keeping a journal, a detailed journal, is, is critical to spiritual growth and development. Uh, my mother, every bit of 78 years old, still journals, is a detailed journal, journaler. Um, and, and, and is someone who would probably still suggest she's on, on, on a spiritual growth and journeys. Still at 78. Uh, you're still trying to hear from spirit. You're still trying to hear from God. And, and for, uh, for those of us in ATR, you, you're still trying to hear from the ancestors with clarity. You, you're still trying to hear from the Orisha with clarity, whether you be 15, 35, 85. And so keeping a journal also has very cathartic, therapeutic, and physical, biological health benefits. It, it helps to fight uh, what, what we once called senility uh, and, and old-timers, Alzheimer's syndrome, um, journaling, doing detailed uh, thought activities, and, of course, um, taking one of my favorite uh, teas, my wandering Jew. But that's another topic, <laughs> okay? Letter I would be dreams as a trigger to spiritual gifts. 
And again, many of these previously spoken of triggers, synchronicity, repetition, numbers, can show up also in dreams. Accident, death can show up also in dreams. God speaks to us in dreams. Ancestors speak to us in dreams. All proceeding letters can show up as a manifestation in our, in our dream state. And keeping um, detailed dreams, uh, again, I think is a, a critical point to spiritual health and mental health, mental wellness. And, and when I say mental health, I don't mean uh, imbalanced mental health. I, I mean mental health just like we say physical health, just like we say financial health. We, we need to demystify the words mental health. So when I say mental health, I always mean a good thing, a good state, a healthy state. Um, and so dreams help us to sort of process, almost like a computer uh, needs to be refracted from time to time. I, I know they do that sort of automatically now. you got program. You don't even have to think about that anymore. Uh, back in the day, you had to manually go in and do that, or, or your computer would be jacked up. Uh, and and, and it, what it does is it puts things back in place. It cleans up your broken link, your broken um, URLs, dead, you know, alleyways and dead roads that don't lead to anywhere. You know, our dreams also act uh, sort of in a, in a biological capacity, uh, much like a computer, to sort of bring forward that memory that we are trying to process. Um, but also grow. I think we grow a great deal in our memory, in, in our dream state, and, and not just when we're infants. Uh, we seem to, to be aware that infants dream, and, and it's a part of their growth cycle, but we dream, and it's indeed a part of our growth cycle, our, our spiritual growth cycle and, and reality. And again, it's another safe zone. It can be another safe zone for the application and experimentation and, and aware, awareness of certain things that could otherwise be harmful in, in real-world waking reality. And so we, those things happen in the dream state for a reason, for some understanding, for some processing of, of something, for some development of, of something in our spiritual body, spiritual repertoire that we can't see with clarity. So letter J would then be visions, dreams and visions. For my Christians, Christians listening to me, your, your Bible talks about dreams and visions. I think it's uh, 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 old people would have dreams and young people would have visions, or it's the reverse, is it? But you know what I'm talking about. Letter K would be daydreams, so dreams. Letter I, dreams. Letter J, visions. Letter K, daydreams. And then letter L would be imagination. Letter M, creativity. And I sort of brought these all four, these five together, because dreams, visions, daydreams, imagination, creativity are all just thin veils to the spirit realm. Thin veils to the spirit realm. We make the spirit realm rightfully so to be this really huge, complex, multifaceted, cosmic cosmos universe and indeed it is indeed it is but we then treat dreams visions daydreams imagination and sometimes creativity as if it's somehow somehow child's play 
as if it's somehow what you do in kindergarten, you know, with crayon and, and paper, you know, with paper mache, you know, in elementary school, you know, um, maybe we take it a little bit more seriously when we say fine art, but fine art, jazz, painting, sculpting, dance, fashion, very thin veils to the spirit realm. Indeed, the creative process, very thin veil between waking reality and the spirit realm and the creative zone, the creative space. Indeed, I believe and teach that each and every time an artisan, a creator, even creators of computer programming, creators of uh, plasticware, creators of houseware, have to at some point go into dreams, visions, daydreams, imagination, and then letter N and letter O, intuition and empathy. Creativity with letter M, like Mary. Because you have to, as an inventor, see the future, at least for 30 seconds, long enough to get it down on paper. Long enough to blueprint it. You've got to wake up from that dream, that daydream, that vision, and hold it in your memory long enough to write it down, to be conscious and cognizant enough to write it down and value it for what it brings or may very well be bringing to all of our future. So dreams, visions, daydreams, imagination, creativity are indeed triggers, thin veils gateways to the spirit realm and then the development of spiritual gifts. You may not see the development of, you know, the newest kitchen plasticware as, you know, highly spiritual in any way. But that creator had to envision something, often something that already exists but was a problem or something that they felt could be improved on or could be highlighted, could be you know, innovation can then be applied to. And so there's some time with meditating in the future. There is some time in meditating on what it might look like on the other end. And, and as a runaway kid on the street, I often spent many hours meditating on envisioning a future that, you know, made no real-world sense at the time. Didn't make any sense to me or anybody who I might have even wanted to share that with, but saw it so clearly in the dream, saw it so crystal in the vision, could pull it up so accurately and consistently in the daydream, could create it and recreate it in the imagination. You know, and then creativity within, you know, we find small ways to then bring those parts of ourselves to the forefront. You know, skills, education, knowledge, taking a class, maybe changing a tire, changing a certain look, a certain behavior, you know, and then it becomes a part of who we are. It becomes reality. The act of journaling takes things out of the realm of the mist, M-I-S-T, out of the realm of vision and dream and brings it into reality first on paper first on paper 
And then it becomes a book. Then it becomes a song. Then it becomes a play. Then it becomes a building, an architectural wonder. Then it becomes a, a social construct. Then it becomes a, a, you know, a movement. So intuition, letter N, empathy, letter O, are, are ways that, that beginning at the top of our, our alphabets, God, the divine, the cosmos, the universe, the ancestors, even death, speak to us in relation to our spiritual gift. I can remember before my mother and um, the man who was once punched out her husband <laughs> and my father. <laughs> uh, I remember when they both claimed they had the same dream about my father's mother who was saved and sanctified and evangelical Christian when she was living, uh, riding in a chariot after she had passed away. And they both took that as a sign that she was trying to um, call them into evangelical uh, Christianity. So the power of dreams and visions, daydreams and imagination and creativity uh, and intuition and empathy cannot be overstated, cannot be overstated, uh, particularly if you ask somebody who may be dealing with imbalances of in their mental health. Dreams, visions, daydreams, imagination, creativity, intuition, and empathy become really, really major points of reality, what's real and, and what's not real. So letter P triggers to spiritual development, you know, you being tapped on your shoulder that you got spiritual gifts that need to be developed. Uh, music, sound, and vibration. Uh, my first toy was a piano. <laughs> uh, age three, age four, you know, I'm playing, you know, songs by ear. You know, of course, Mary Had a Little Lamb to gospel, to what you hear on the radio every day. You know, music. Uh, music also, for those who are not necessarily uh, musicians or singers, music has a, an emotional, spiritual, uh, biological, chemical uh, effect on us. Uh, some of us are triggered by oldies. Some of us are triggered by certain songs. They, they take you back to a particular moment in time, a, a particular place and event, a particular person, place, or thing, uh, music. And, and, of course, sound. So if you've ever been in a nightclub and you stood two feet from the, from the biggest speaker in the house, you know, which I foolishly did back in my early 20s, you know, you feel that sound, that vibration, uh, penetrate your body uh, coming through the, through the speakers. And we now, you know, call it New Age, and, and, and we are now doing singing bowls and, and ringing bells and chimes and, and are using, consciously using vibration to uh, cleanse chakras, re rebalance chakras, get them to spin and rotate uh, correctly and, and, and in balance again uh, to remove traumatic programs from the past, trauma programs from childhood, trauma programs from past life events by way of sound, music, vibration. We do that here in the house using things that create sound and vibration, of course, but 
but also a quartz crystal to realign and rebalance. A natural, uncut, unpolished, untampered with, but perfect quartz crystal vibrates, vibrates. Uh, Many times you're getting chipped stones, you're getting stones that have been polished in some way, that have been damaged in some way, but they vibrate. Uh, They have what's called singing quartz. You rub them together, they they hum, they they ring as an extension of of this vibration. A laser quartz is a particular variety of quartz. It tends to be uh, long and kind of twisted, you know, like a witch's finger, you know, as a pick compared to other quartz crystals that are symmetrically much wider in the middle. This is often uh, not much bigger than a jumbo pencil, um, and they have a unique patterning on the outside they call laser wand quartz. And if you tap them gently with another piece of quartz, they ring and they vibrate. I took two of them and put them together in a piece of copper tubing uh, back in the mid-'80s and started making uh, magic wands that vibrate by way of this component. Uh, So vibration can also alter states of consciousness, states of of awareness. Um, I'm hypersensitive to earthquake vibration. After having lived in California uh, for for almost a decade, uh, I'm hypersensitive, so sensitive. uh, I was here in Tremay on the phone a few years back, in a minute, y'all going to know what yeah, I'm talking about. And I'm on the phone with, with Tony Bow, and I say, girl, that was an earthquake. She said, well, what, what you talking about? We ain't got no earthquakes like that in New Orleans. I said, that was an earthquake. That was an earthquake. I lived in L.A. long enough to know what an earthquake is. I know a rolling quake. I know a jolt quake. It's different kind of quakes. If y'all ain't never been to California, never experienced an earthquake. Different, different types of quakes now. I felt it. I knew what it was in that moment. It was pronounced. And nine minutes later, ten minutes later, it's on the news. Haiti had just had this, this major, major earthquake. And I felt it. I felt the jolt right here in Treme. So vibrations can, can alter consciousness. Vibration can alter mood. Vibration can um, can alter even third eye sight. How your pituitary gland and your third eye sees and perceives things, um, views things in any particular moment. Uh, cues, lyrics, words. Now, of course, that's music, and we already have music. It, on the list, but now I'm talking about specifically lyrics, separate from the music, words, chants, prayers, affirmations, poems, spoken words. The right wordsmith can alter your consciousness, can alter who you are, can alter your vibration. Lauren Hills and the Jill Scotts and the Gil Scott Herring 
and 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 just those who have put words together, your Dr. King, your Malcolm X, words that repeatable, that create and program mantras and and affirmations and points of change within our consciousness. Lyrics, words, chants, prayers, affirmations that you hear and you can never unhear them. You hear and they alter you forever. You never can go back to another way of, of seeing or understanding after having seen, uh, I'm sorry, after having heard and taking in certain words, lyrics. And then the repetition of mantras, of course, includes vibration, the, the speaking and the respeaking, the telling and the retelling of words that empower and give you strength, but also alter things at the, at the chemical, vibrational, subconscious level that awaken us as a trigger to having spiritual gifts and then moving forward with what to do with them. Greetings, um, Uni Univero. Greetings, beloved. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, she asked, why do we humans have to be gods if we are all the same? What do I profit to know that I am just the ordinary Joe? Uh, I think what you're saying is really representative of what type of uh, God consciousness has been placed on us by uh, the, the three dominant world religions, which first of all teach you that you are God with a little G, um, and, the, and that second, that you are somehow ordinary Joe. Um, and, and I've been taught and understand just the possession of consciousness and the degree that we possess consciousness is a God-like act. The, the, the fact that we aren't like the chipmunks and the squirrels uh, and the fish uh, that sort of go about their what we call animal nature and, and, and routine don't worry about storing food necessarily. Uh, well, you know, we know chipmunks and squirrels plan for the winter, but, but, but aren't necessarily, uh, you know, as invested in the deep freezes and storage closets that humans um, have taken on, housing, transportation, you know. So those things within themselves make us gods. Co- co-creators with God, uh, with the big G. Uh, prior to the world indoctrination from, from these main global uh, religious sources, um, I don't believe we saw ourselves as, quote, unquote, separate from God. Um, we, we're here looking up to God. We're here raising our arms up to God. Uh, particularly when we look at the Aztec, the Maya, the Inca, uh, the, the ancient Zulu, you know, the ancient uh, uh, ethnic groups of the world um, um, and, and, and how they viewed God and themselves and their relationship to the creators. Uh, there was clearly a time in history where uh, we were sort of co-creators, extensions of, and then became uh, indoctrinated with the idea that we were somehow small G 
and had to look for a big G to sort of do things. I also think that by way of these main world religions, um, another flaw in sort of that thinking is that things that we should take responsibility for, uh, like the air, like the water, like nature, uh, like our own damn survival, <laughs> you know, like the bees and, and, the, and the pollen and the honey that, that's going to continue to keep our, our uh, vegetation alive, um, that God-like act. Uh, you can also, if you will, uh, uni Univero, interchange God with extraterrestrials. Because personally, I'm open to that as a conversation. Uh, just maybe we've misinterpreted extraterrestrials for God. Just, just maybe we've misinterpreted it. And, and when I say extraterrestrial, I don't mean alien. Because when we say alien, we start thinking, you know, Mars and green people and, you know, and, and that may or may not be, you know, true on some level. But, but I mean extraterrestrial, meaning that all life on the planet, all things on the planet, for the most part, originate, for all parts, originate from the cosmos, including our ancestors, including wherever humanity was seeded from. And so just maybe uh, the big G is, you know, ourselves in a much higher evolved um, state of being than how we view our animal, mammal selves right now, which is that much more why the development of spiritual gifts, paying attention to the triggers, um, is so, so critical. Because, indeed, when we don't pay attention to these sort of spiritual signs and triggers, we can, indeed, look back in history, look back in time, when humanity absolutely were in the depths of their animal nature and the killing and warring. Forgive me, I have the hiccups, y'all. Um killing and, 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 and warring and, and sort of fighting amongst ourselves, uh, even today, uh, is animalistic in its nature in comparison to the God consciousness of humanity that wants to believe we have rules and, and laws and protocols and mores and values and, and ways of honoring and acknowledging you know, ourselves as we would others. Perhaps that within itself are signs of our God nature, of, of, our, of our God selves, of, of our, uh, as opposed to, you know, our more animal, more carnal selves. Uh, thank you all. I appreciate everybody. Gene, Uni Uniboro, Danette, yes. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Okay, I like the game, actually. <laughs> that was a good show. That's good to know. Uh, is life a game? Um, now, I know you asked somebody else that question, but I, yeah, I would say it is. Absolutely. We were referencing the TV show, The Game. Uh, but, but is life a game? Absolutely it is. Is it a serious game? Absolutely. Absolutely, but 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 is it 
let me reword your question. Is it harmful to see life at the game? No. I don't see it as harmful to see life at the game any more than uh, a chemist sees the game of sort of trial and error, testing one thing against another to solve a problem or to find a solution. Uh, I think about the Rubik's Cube. I think about chess. I think about other uh, quote-unquote games that we, you know, attribute a higher degree of sort of intellect or or reasoning to uh, in comparison to how we sort of envision life and, and, and how we go at life. So, it, you know, seeing life as a game is beneficial to some people um, who set out every day to sort of win the game, to acquire a certain amount of chips in the game, you know, depending on whatever kind of game they're playing, uh, whatever industry, you know, they may be operating in. Um, some people see, you know, selling, you know, being, being you know, a guy or girl on, on the floor at the mall and, and trying to convince you to, to buy, you know, cologne or, or, or buy cosmetics uh, might be seen as a game. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about those chips and the paycheck, uh, those commissions. Uh, and then we call that real life. Um, the sort of chessboard maneuvering of politicians and uh, voting and, 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 and the things attributed to that, and I include those who do not vote because you are a part of the game. Uh, not voting is a part of the game. And so you are indeed participants in the game, you know, when you don't vote. Uh, and, and whoever wins, you know, the, the game uh, takes, takes the position, takes the title. Uh, so I don't think it's harmful to see life at the game. No, not at all. Um, Okay. Okay, I'm Yeah, I'm not going to dispute uh the magic book cuz I interpret that a little bit differently than most people. Um Yeah. But but I understand what you're saying. I do. Um, no, my mother doesn't go to the gym, but she's um, active for a woman of her age and um, and continues to seek to be active uh, for a woman of her age. But no, she doesn't go to the gym. And my mom does suffer um, some disabilities that that would be a little bit of a complication for her um, going out and, and you know, in in public setting like that. Um, Let's see. Anthony, is someone trying to go into journaling and has never journaled before in his life? What is a good tip or some tips in general to start journaling? Like, what am I writing down? What am I looking for? Okay, that's a good question, Anthony. Um, In the beginning, keep it simple. How do you feel? What do you remember from you? You know, if you let's say you're doing morning journaling, how do you feel? What do you remember from from your dream? Because often those two things may intersect each other. 
how you feel is how you feel in, in life. But when you do it first thing in the morning, it could also be how you feel. And then there's a residual of what you might have been thinking, doing, acting out in your dream state before you became consciousness. So before you regain consciousness. So how you feel, what does that mean to you? Because you might say, oh, I feel great. I'm ready to kick ass. Okay, great. Um, But you might say, I don't feel great. Um, So then be willing to ask yourself and push through with the why, with the why. You know, so you might write down how you feel, what you need, what you're looking for, what you're seeking. Often the answers to those questions will begin to show up in your journal, how you feel, what you need, what you're really looking for, what you're seeking. Uh, Because we can also become disconnected following a routine of nine to five or working a job or, you know, we, we follow a routine and can get disconnected even from our own wants and needs. You begin to put your children's needs, your spouse's needs, your partner's needs, your landlord's needs, the bills, collective needs ahead of your needs, especially in the Western world. Uh, and so we get disconnected from what we really want, what we really need, what our, our goals really are, what we're really working towards. So sometimes that, too, will begin to come out uh, through your journaling. Uh, some more advanced journals are also keeping up with the cosmos. Uh, so they might be keeping up with the positions of the moon at the time. Uh, planetary positions, my astrologers, um, are, are keeping journaling that. Uh, for indeed, they want to be able to validate certain conjunctions, certain retrogrades, certain behaviors that might be showing up astrologically in their waking everyday experience. So they might add that as well. Um, Then I got to a place uh, probably in my late 20s where I was also including sort of creative visions and daydreams. Uh, I could literally, you know, sit at my desk for three minutes and, and, and zone out and come back, you know, with a whole business idea or some creative idea in my head. And I had to learn to start writing that down and stop ignoring that. Uh, some of you are getting business ideas, innovative ideas, um, inventor ideas. You know, some of you, one of you got a spouse that's really good at that, you know, creating stuff off the top of their head, out their mouth, but they never write it down. They never take it seriously. It never becomes a blueprint. Uh, it never becomes uh, a, a real item. So that comes can, it can come through in journaling. Um, a lyrist and musicians journal to some degree, but they may be limiting their journal to just uh, poet work or lyrics. Um, Maybe their feelings and their emotions, uh, but but there are varying degrees of um, uh, information that you can include in the journal to better help you understand um, who you are, who you're becoming, and certainly what you're doing. So, you know, some of you claim to be doing ritual work, uh, claim to be working with herbs. That should be journaled. You know, what plants are you working with? What herbs are you working with? You know, today is Osei Fa, uh, Fa, you know, for, for my voodoo practitioners. Uh, so there's always 
plants involved in that? So what plants am I using? What herbs am I using? You know, how did I prepare them? How did I utilize them? Um, some of the quote-unquote wives' tales and things that were passed down generationally through through our families, through the mothers and the fathers of our family, um, weren't written down. Recipes weren't recorded and, and written down. But indeed, we live in a day and time now where the accessibility to documentation is not just for the rich, the wealthy, or the white, but it's now available to everybody. Um, and, and that has evolved now that we consider devices, gadgets. You have journaling gadgets, by the way, Anthony. Um, there's one I like. I can't think of what it's called right now. I'll try and find it before I, before I leave you. It's an app that reminds you to journal. You can set it to remind you to journal at any particular or any num- particular number of times a day. Um, and it will remind you to journal. Um, there's another journal app that will not only remind you to journal, but will be keeping track of your data, like your photos and your pictures. So like somebody like me, who's, you know, at the second line one day and is at the jazz funeral, you know, the next, and, and is at a ceremony, you know, the next, uh, I'm taking pictures, I'm snapping video, I'm checking in the swarm. And so this app is pulling out points of reminder, you know, that, that helps to sort of motivate me to, to journal. You now have pictures and videos to go along with your journaling. Um, I use another app for my gardening. So when I'm checking the health of my, of my airway, my plants, uh, my fruits, my vegetables, my herbs, uh, that's being now stored in an application. Uh, so that now can be added to to my app. I mean, I'm sorry, to my journaling process um, as well. So that's that's great. Um, for those who are initiating, then they are now also documenting certain things as it relates to their head, uh, certain things as it relates to their ancestors, uh, and then certain things. Uh, perhaps as it relates to uh, Orisha, Loa, uh, other uh, forces that they might be working with or operating with um, at the time. So there are many ways to go at the, the, the journaling. I just stress that you start, start somewhere, start basic, you know, and then uh, increase the complexity and the detail of what you are documenting and recording, uh, old folks used to say, um, when you know better, you do better. I'm going to go to the phone line for a moment, Eric code 518. Eric code 518, who's calling and where are you calling from? Hello, yes, I'm calling from Oakland, California. Greetings, greetings. Who's calling? Yes, uh, Tamika. How can we help you, beloved? What's going on? Okay. Um, I'm being pulled by spirit. I just want to know what is the message so they can stop pulling on me and pushing on me. Okay. Well, well, well hold on. I'm going to answer that. But let me say, speak to something in the chat first. Um, mm-hmm. Uni Univero, you've been listening to this show off and on for quite some time. 
I never talk about God in the Abrahamic fashion. I only speak of God in the Abrahamic fashion when we are discussing Christianity, when we're discussing the Bible, when we're discussing the Quran, when we're discussing uh, Judaism. I never talk about God in the Abrahamic fashion. In fact, I believe God to be so much bigger than the God you know uh, in the Abrahamic fashion. So having said that, Tamika, mm-hmm. God speaks a soft, still voice. Even uh-huh. people who claim not to know God, even people who claim to be atheists, even people who claim to be agnostic, God speaks in a soft, still voice. It's not a male voice. Mm-hmm. It's not a female voice. It's a soft, still voice. And therefore, we often cannot hear that voice over the many other voices that are already pre recorded in your head. St- starting with the voice mm-hmm. of your mother, who's the, who's the first voice that you, you learn to know and, and, and understand, mm-hmm. but then there becomes the voices of all the other family, friends, relatives, TV, radio, exposure that we, we, we gain as we develop, you know, from, from childhood, mm-hmm. you know, into our adulthood. So that makes sometimes hearing and interpreting very difficult. difficult. And then when you add trauma, that may or may not be the case with you, but then when, because I'm speaking in general, then when you add mm-hmm. trauma, past life trauma, PTSD, post-traumatic slave disorder, all, all sorts mm-hmm. of other things, Know, traumas to that, you know, uh, concophony of voices, uh, is then it becomes, we, we become distant from and isolated from the voice of God. Now, let me say it another way. Okay. I am because my creators are. Mm-hmm. I am because my creators are. That goes back to capital G, lowercase g. When I use a lowercase g, I'm talking about the Bible. Right. Univero. When I use a capital G, I'm talking about us and, and, okay. and God that transcends religion, Tamika. So, so if you cannot hear mm-hmm. the voice of God clearly, then often you are not hearing your own voice clearly because you're trying to now compete with Mama's voice, daddy's voice, the preacher's voice, the school teacher's voice, the politician's voice, the pop cultural, pop cultural voice. You know, some of us mm. don't talk about politics in public because it's not politically correct. Some of us don't talk about religion sure. in public because, you know, we either go on uh, disagree or, you know. So, or, yeah. Yeah, so there's a thin veil between God's voice and your own voice. So I believe I'm that aware of that. God, clearly, you aren't hearing your own voice clearly either. And so that's why questions like, what's my purpose? What's my role? What should I be doing? We sometimes think that's something that we are looking to God to sort of expose for us. But at the same mm-hmm. time, we're really looking to ourselves for greater exposure understand. of who we are to a for to and for ourselves. Are, are you following me? Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? 
Yeah. So it's only yeah. in Western culture and Western society that we've created this great distance between God or the God out there in the sky or even spirit as if spirit, the spirit realm, spirituality somehow exists outside of ourselves, who and what we are. Um, no, I, know, oh, my, in, I know. I know. I understand what you're saying. But it's more like I just feel the pull energy around me, but I know it's coming from inside. I'm just trying to understand, you know, what's the message? I'm being thrown around in my house when I'm sleeping, and it's difficult because I'm waking up 3 in the morning every night, and I'm just sitting there trying to figure out what is going on. Now, now, beloved, please hear me with all due respect because I'm going to say exactly Mm -hmm. The exact same thing I just said. I hear you saying I'm trying to figure out what what is God trying to why say? am I being to why why yeah it's like why am I being pulled and pushed and pulled and pushed and tugged and turned and tossed and it's like hold on what speaking, what is this all speaking, about again you're and so so let me ask you what are you all about what you all about because if you're hearing what I'm saying. You're again speaking as if God is trying to tell you something. The ancestors are trying to tell you something that's outside you. I'm trying to get you to understand that I and I are roots. God and I are the same. You, right. You're trying and to, I know. I, I just said that. I feel okay. the. I feel it come. I feel it in me, but I feel it around me. So I'm suggesting. You didn't hear me say that. I did hear you. You're not hearing me, beloved. So the question is, what is it about you that you are not willing to hear? What is it about you that you are not willing to explore? What is it about you that you are not trying to tap in? But you're using the word, what is God trying to tell me? What is the answer? No, what are you trying to tell yourself about yourself? So that absence of awareness of God, because what we do is we go on with our life. We work, we, we right. party, marry, we, we, as if, again, as if somehow that God thing is separate from who we are. And there is mm-hmm. no, we've been taught separation through oppression, through, through white supremacy, right. through racism, through world religion, but there is no separation. So when I hear somebody yeah, say, well, God's trying to tell me something, and I, I, I just can't figure out what it is. What are you trying to tell yourself? What are you working hard not to see, not to explore, not to examine about yourself. And that's the beginning point to understanding the spiritual gifts. That's why this list includes everything from lyrics, words, music, imagination. Yeah. I, I would ask you, how creative are you? How, 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 how much time do you spend daydreaming? How much time do you spend... Yeah. And usually people who don't dream don't hear God. Usually people who aren't creative don't hear God. Usually people who aren't intuitive don't hear God. All the things I'm very intuitive. That I am, but I'm not trying to, you know, utilize that. It's like, eh. 
Beloved, I hear you saying exactly what I've been saying for the last hour and a half. You just repeated verbatim. That's what I'm not trying to wake up to. I'm not trying to wake up to that. that. That's the block. And right now, that's the message. Right now, that's the message. You, you try not I'm to like, hear God is saying, nobody needs to hear me, but I'm going to make sure you hear. Right now, that is the message. Right now, because until you know for clarity who you are, then you can't begin to answer those other questions honestly and with clarity. See, the, again, true. the problem is when we That's see true. That's why I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> Yeah, when we seek outside validation, uh, for some odd reason, Jim Jones just came to my mind. You know, poor mm-hmm. people, black people, Hispanic people, people of color, people who were otherwise struggling in their community, yeah. gave up everything they had, sold what little they had to go run off with this man to the jungle, looking to fulfill mm-hmm. answers to the questions of who am I? Looking for a sense of community, looking for a sense of connectedness, looking for a sense of mm-hmm. somebody else is looking out for me and I'm looking out for someone else. My life is valuable now because someone else also depends on my on my life. And that's often what a healer, a preacher, a teacher, a nurse, yeah. they're pulling from some of the same energy. But, but you have to find out mm-hmm. who you are first to become the teacher, to become the nurse. Right. And then they take those skills and, and then apply them in the way that best mirrors their image. I remember being in college, oh my God, and not having a clue what my major should have been. And I know a lot of kids mm. do that. You know, and the financial aid force you to write down a major and a minor and, and you feel sort of backed into a corner of of this of of self explanation of something many haven't had a chance to fully explore yet. And often yeah. we don't know enough about sort of the career choice that we make between high school and, and a freshman in college to know what that looks like. You know, I might want to be yeah. a psychiatrist, but what is that? What does that look like? And, and do you know that there are many types of psychiatrists, not, not, just, right. one type, yeah. not just one thing? So in, as you continue mm. to explore, and i got a few more things on this list, um, ritual and ceremony trigger us. Mm-hmm to spiritual gifts and and okay. and why we have gifts and, and why we use gifts. Um, letter S will be athletics, yoga, body manipulation, walking. So when I hear someone say, well, I don't remember my dream or I don't hear the voice of God, I also will often ask them, how often do you walk? Because when you Every walk... Day. Long distances, it's, it's like prayer, right? It's like a meditation. Right. You, you, your mm-hmm. mind goes and, and, and is freed up in a way. And, and it's another way in which spiritual gifts begin to speak to us and through us and manifest um, within us. Mm-hmm. Sensory perception, sound, taste, smell, sight. You know, yeah, smell. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm easy with the sen- – yeah, I'm, I'm easy with the – Sensing thing. I could sense yeah. some, Fruit someone's cake. pulling or tugging at me. Fruitcake. Eggnog. 
cinnamon mm-hmm. bread. Had some recently. That, that smell like that. That smell like Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, and, and it's a sensory perception. And for some people, yes, if it smells is right, it, then it takes you back to grandma's house, or it takes you back to right. your mom's. Or, or something from the past, or something that you experience, you know, uh, mm-hmm. at some point in, in, in our evolution. Uh, education is a trigger to spiritual gifts. So, 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 mm-hmm. so reading more books, studying more, particularly from an, an, an ancestral lineage-based background. Tamika, I don't know if we've talked before, but I strongly suggest people have DNA done. Ancestry.com. Yeah, my daughter did it already. My and daughter did that. For, for yourself, because her results are not going to look like your results at all. Mm-hmm. At all. She's going to have a little bit, a little bit of, of you in her yeah. But she got a whole lot more of her daddy and her four grandparents. Than me. So you've got yeah, to get, did. you've got to get, I'm talking about in her results, beloved, in her DNA test. When I, when I offer someone yeah. to have DNA tests done and they say, oh, well, my cousin did it, my daughter did it, my, my mama did it. No, you have to have it done for yourself. My, my sister, yeah. our results don't look the same. They don't look the same. Okay. We, have similar, we have a similar number of a certain amount of chemistry, for sure, yeah. which, which ties us to both of our parents. But when looked at right. individually, our results don't look the same. Uh, and let me, t- let me make it easier for you to grasp. Um, people mm. with diabetes in their family, diabetes don't affect everybody. Diabetes can True. skip a generation. High blood pressure can skip a generation, you know, if right. it's genetic in the blood, and, and then show up again. Someone, um, you know, three or four generations below the grandparent that had blue eyes can now be black with blue eyes. But their parents True. didn't have blue eyes. So it's the same way mm-hmm. in terms of trying to interpret your DNA results using someone else's test. So I strongly suggest okay. that when you plan that you get a test for yourself and, and begin to go through that and, and begin to look at, okay. again, who your parents are, who, you, who, who their parents were, uh, and 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 those who came before as a critical uh, element to how we also develop spiritually and, and spiritual gifts. Uh, I don't know if you were with okay. me earlier talking about music. You know, um, Aretha Franklin, uh, C. L. Yeah. Franklin. You know, you look at families like that where maybe music is is generational. Maybe church is even mm-hmm. generational. You know, okay. and so okay. when we start looking at the DNA test, um, it gets much more specific. Uh, I strongly suggest getting more than one test, by the way. But for the, for the other people who okay. are listening to me, one test is not enough. Ancestry.com is not going to give you everything. And then when you go to do sure. 23 and me, it's going to look it's going to look similar but very different to the Ancestry.com. Okay. Not because they are wrong but because there are different aspects of your genome that are being pulled. And Ancestry.com is actually more popular than 23andMe is still. And I think they have a lot to do with how much it costs. Uh, Also, I think the medical component to 23andMe might also be a reason some people are hesitant. But 
I find that because of that difference in popularity, I have more blood relatives that I know of personally on Ancestry.com. A lot of people that I'm meeting on 23andMe, I've never heard of before. And I'm talking about cousins, third cousins, not that far away. People would be surprised how quickly we lose connection with our family when we don't keep up, when we don't have family reunions, when we don't come together. I mean, within a generation, you can lose touch with who's what. I have nieces and nephews right now that I've never met before. And if it wasn't for wow. Facebook, I wouldn't know who they was if it wasn't for Facebook and TikTok. <laughs> and, and oh, wow. So imagine if I had kids out in the world, you know, with as many sisters and brothers as I have, you know, and then they meet up with other relatives that they don't know. You know, it, it's, it's a hot mess if we don't pay attention. No. Yeah. <laughs> hmm True. Yes, indeed. Uh, okay. Good Lord. I know. It's, it's work. I know. It's, but it's well worth the work. It is so well worth the work. It yeah, and you just picked life. up on that, that I do not know anything about my family. That's true. And, and, I, and I started with hearing the voice of God. I equated hearing the voice of God with hearing one's own voice. And then I equated mm-hmm. that taking the journey of really understanding more about who we are through DNA and ancestry. Yeah, so they want me to go backwards to, so that way I can know how to move forward. I understand. Got to know yeah, where I, I come from to know where I'm going. I wrote a poem about that once upon a time, going back to move forward. Yeah, we, we need mm-hmm. to go backwards to move forward. I think we yep. need to go move backwards, not just as black people or Africans or indigenous or Aboriginal people, but but humanity and and, and the yeah, pandemic need to go back chance. to move forward. Yeah, the pandemic gave us a chance to see that because those five or mm. six months when what nothing moving and the police the pollution cleared up for a while and nature started yep. coming back in places that it wasn't thriving at before because we weren't killing it off. Yeah, we we yep. definitely and we weren't active. Yeah, we need to go back yep. to move forward. So I, I certainly appreciate yep. you, beloved, and, and thank you so much for calling in. I want to give my thank last um, five points on this alphabet list before I run out of time. So you can stay with me, okay. and if you have a question, uh, okay. I'll, I'll bring you back on in a minute. Okay. And thank you, All everyone right. in the chat, for being with me. Uh, let me make sure I'm not missing nobody. Jody Netta, greetings, beloved. Peace and blessings. Thank you for for your participation and coming through with us today. Oh, let's see. Evelyn Preston, greetings to you and yours, beloved. Thank you. Come on in. Oh, let's see. Uh, you journal randomly, Jody Netta, especially during periods in her life when she feels creative or periods of isolation to get her thoughts out of her mind. Yeah, that's that's very good. And and as I said with uh, uh, the other question, Anthony and the others who asked about the journaling, you know, you, you just got to start where you are. Um, journaling is easier said than done for some people. 
Uh, some people don't seem to have a problem with it. You know, they can work it into their schedule. They, you know, uh, you know, they got it uh, booked in with what they vitamins in the morning or before they go to bed at night or, you know, whatever, and it seems to flow. Then there's the issue of writing. Uh, with our devices, many of us have gotten away from writing. Uh, some of us have lost touch with vocabulary and finding your words, and, and that is helpful, even cathartic uh, on many levels uh, in how we interact with each other, your children, your spouse, your, your coworkers, because you have a greater uh, a degree of words to pull from. Uh, I think many people in society today don't have enough words. Uh, we see that on reality TV. Are we too quick to throw hands uh, as opposed to finding our words and knowing how to express ourselves? And and then there's the aspect of uh, lack of understanding. Um, We've gotten so far away from understanding words and their meaning. Uh, There's some things that I can say that some of you just would not understand, just won't understand. And I'm speaking to education. I'm speaking to knowledge. I'm speaking to your ability to, to work around a thesaurus and a dictionary, uh, an encyclopedia, <laughs> your ability to spell encyclopedia, you know, I, I'm speaking to that. And, and it's not sort of politically correct in today's environment uh, to do that. Uh, but you're going to find as I move forward into this um, reality show, I'm going to get a little bit more shadier, y'all. I'm going to start saying a lot more stuff that normally I just let roll around in my head while I try to be diplomatic and, and divine all blessed, you know, here in this, in this space, you know, um, one of the effects and, and benefits of this show is sort of freeing up my own ability uh, to, to, to express and speak my own truth, um, which to some degree I've, um, you know, through, through being professional and, and, and maintaining a certain decorum and, and a certain type of environment in doing this podcast for so many years. Um, I, I, I don't say a whole, a whole lot, despite what you all think. I, I, I hold back a lot. I don't share a lot as it rolls around in my head. Uh, so I'm going to be doing a lot more of that uh, in, in coming weeks as a result of the reality show. And so I'm sure it will you know, find its way into the podcast, uh, whether I, you know, want it here or not. It, it just will be. So uh, just love me as I am, y'all. I hear you, Uni, Univero. Uh, I hear you. I do. No, I hear you, and I hear you at a deeper level than you might even envision right now. It's real. It would be real easy for me to say, um, I had the wrong parents. Uh, I had the wrong dad in particular. Uh, Not so much my mom, but most certainly my dad. Uh, It would be easy for me to say that. Uh, And when I was young and ignorant and mad and angry and out there on the street, um, I often spoke or did not speak um, of my parents at all, um, of my upbringing at all. Um, you know, 
I could have said, you know, oh, my God, if I chose these parents, you know, to come into this world. And I believe and, and teach that, indeed, we choose our parents. Indeed, we choose our mentors. And there are other uh, Ifa priests, Babalaos, Ianifa, Hogans, Mambos that I've encountered through my journey uh, who, who have said the exact same thing. Even if we're talking about godparent mentors, you, you chose the wrong mentors. You chose the wrong mentors. And, and that's not a judgment, but more a self-realization that indeed we have chosen the life path that we would walk that we would be exposed to uh, even pre, you know, pre-incubation, even before we came into uh, our mother's wombs, we made some um, choices and some, some decisions about what we were willing to experience and what we were willing to go through here, including what we might judge as, as traumatic, as negative. Uh, I believe on some level, uh, some of us chose to be a party to the middle passage. Some of us chose to be here on the planet at at this point in time to do something, to change something, to make a difference about something. But again, it goes back to how we've been indoctrinated about God, big G, little g, how we've been indoctrinated about good and evil how we've been indoctrinated about uh, suffering. You know, we got to suffer. We're here to suffer, and and, and then just maybe things are going to be, you know, good on the other side, as opposed to really understanding how, from a more indigenous, aboriginal perspective, duality, like the yin-yang sign, the duality of negative and positive. Um, So, indeed, we chose a degree of duality, even coming in, for our best interest, for our own development, for our own good. Heaven forbid we don't learn, we don't grow, we don't evolve because we have it too well. And see, here here it is again. I'm going into another topic that can get me in a whole lot of trouble. Um, celebrities. Oh, I've had my opportunity with celebrities from from many levels, you know, local celebrities, national celebrities international celebrities, music celebrities, acting or performance celebrities, authors, you know, I've had my share, politicians, you know, of exposure to celebrities. And so have you, those of you among me who pay attention to reality TV. And some of the worst dramatic circumstances come out of the most entitled, privileged uh, backgrounds. You know, and, and so you you have so much, and so much is available to you, uh, whether it be material things, whether it be uh, money, uh, access to people, uh, resources, your way into a particular industry, you know. And we have seen, by way of uh, reality TV, I don't have to call anybody in particular, do I? You know, we've seen them act the worst. We've seen them demonstrate the worst. We've seen them demonstrate spiritual immaturity, emotional immaturity, 
uh, personal uh, issues of integrity, uh, morality, you know, virtue, you know, and these are people that we say had everything. Their mama had everything. You know, they had access to, to whatever they want, whatever they need. So why don't people who have access choose to do things the right way, choose to do things maybe the, the hard way, maybe choose to do things the way everybody has to do things, you know. Yet we look at, you know, uh, Marcus Garvey, Bob Marley, your Dr. King, your Malcolm X, you know, um, people who may have come from more struggled backgrounds, impoverished backgrounds, challenged backgrounds, you know, who, who grow and develop the Oprah Winfrey to become, you know, mega gods, you know, in, in the universe. So, again, I think it comes back to um, how we have been taught God, big G, little g, how we've been taught spirituality, spiritual power, and then how we use that. When do we need that? You know, we've all heard the story, you know, when people are struggling, they, they make their way to church. When things hit the, when people hit the bottom, they make their way back to religion. You know, but when things are going good and, and they're flying high on the, on, on the, eating high on the, on the, on the cow, as they used to say back in the day, you know, doing well, life is abundant. They're not thinking about God, church, spirit, spirituality, even, you know, in that case. Um, so the last five on my list, uh, after education being a trigger to not only awareness of spiritual gifts, but development of spiritual gifts, uh, V, letter V would be extraterrestrial, and the belief and or understanding that we have been uh, manipulated, uh, quite possibly procreated by more evolved beings of some sort uh, that we are still not uh, totally aware of or, or clear about. W would be exposure, where two or more are gathered in my name for my Abrahamic <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> where two or more are gathered in my name, but exposure, being around certain people of a certain gift, of a certain energy, of a certain vibration and internalizing that either through spiritual exchange, you know, and through demonstration. Uh, sort of the idea, you know, that so many now want to uh, be witches and Ianifas and Babalaos and Mambos and Hogans and Bokuas and root workers and conjurers uh, has a great deal to do with exposure and seeing that exposed via social media uh, through, through a particular, you know, time period, and, and that sort of growing uh, into sort of the, the black witch social climate uh, subgroup, subculture that we sort of see uh, manifesting today. And, and it will continue to evolve, grow. Parts, aspects of that will wither away. Uh, the instant psychic reader, the quick tarot, all of that will wither away in time. And, and as many of you will 
continue on this journey and will take on serious initiation, serious growth, serious development uh, at the academic and at the cultural level um, and, and carry our traditions into the future, uh, you know, again, in a, in a new way that, that fits the time, but, but in a way that uh, will more expose the authenticity that the root of, of these traditions that mask under many names. Uh, X will be public and personal confirmation. Uh, people telling you, you have a gift. It's total strangers wanting to know why you know things about them that, you know, they never told you, that, that they could not have, you know, possibly have um, relayed to you in, in any public way. Um, repetition, again, through person, public or personal, that confirms uh, certain dynamics of spiritual gifts that manifest through you. And sometimes you manifest these gifts in the moment without even knowing that that is happening. And it sometimes takes people to say, you know, I feel a certain way when I'm around you, when I'm in your, your presence. Uh, I feel a certain way when I come into your house. Um, you, you say things that you shouldn't know or that tap certain areas uh, of my understanding. Um, and then the letter uh, Y in my alphabet of spiritual triggers, to the spiritual development of gifts, um, writing and journaling, writing and journaling, which we covered early on because, you know, it's very hard for me not to talk about journaling and the dynamics of the development of these gifts, but journaling can also help to expose these gifts. Um, you'll be writing and journaling and go back, you know, months later and some of the stuff that you write in your journey, you won't recognize as being your own, particularly if you write with a pen and paper. Even you'll note that sometimes even your handwriting will shift depending on what you're talking about. Some of you won't realize how depressed you really are until you go back and read your journal six months. Some of you won't realize how happy and how evolved your life has become, how blessed you truly are until you go back and read your journal six months, a, a year back. Uh, but also in terms of exposing and, and triggering the development of spiritual gifts that too can and will show itself in writing and journaling. Even in imaginative, imaginative fictional, creative writing. Remember, there's a thin veil between the spirit realm. There's a thin veil between God and our own consciousness, God and our own spirit. Dreams, visions, daydreams, imagination, creativity, intuition, empathy, very thin line between uh, God, that energy, and ourselves. They might co-share a space even. And then letter Z is geographic location. Indeed, places like New Orleans, places like Mecca, places like uh, Osogbo, Nigeria, places like Sedona, Arizona can can trigger spiritual energy and spiritual experiences that uh, speak to the development of spiritual gifts. It took me um, two hours just to get through uh, my alphabet of uh, creative uh, triggers 
rather tragic or benign that lead to the seeking and the development and the awareness of spiritual gifts. So in the next show, I, I definitely want to talk more about spiritual gifts from God, spiritual gifts from the ancestors, animal and human spiritual gifts, genetic and biological spiritual gifts, development or developed spiritual gifts, those gifts that we develop, and then learned spiritual gifts, gifts that indeed we can teach uh, ourselves to do and to develop. God can talk to us. Spirit can talk to us. A host of spirits can talk to us. Your head can talk to you. Your heart can talk to you. Your body talks to you. Indeed, your flesh talks to you. Your memory can play and replay and talk to you and can say things that were never said in the original moment, but can now somehow speak as if it were true to you. Some of you heard negative things said that were never said, that were never said, in some cases weren't even implied, but they speak and sound true to you because your flesh speaks, your body speaks, your heart speaks, your head speaks, your past speaks, your trauma speaks. And so it's a lot of speaking and conversation going on for us to indeed clarify gifts. And particularly the younger you are, the earlier on. It typically takes some time, some decades, some maturity, some maturing, some growing up to begin to operate within these gifts. Not that we cannot operate within them in our teens. My gifts saved my life in my teens. But I was not aware. I was often unconscious. (laughs) Somebody said God looks out for babies and fools, you know, and and again, it's a part of even those early inclinations of of prophecy and prophetic intuition. It's a process of learning who we are, just like it's a process of learning who God is, it's a process of learning who the ancestors are, it's a process of learning who your relatives are, it's a process. Your pain and your ego house both your strengths and your insecurities. But sometimes your insecurities will overtalk your strength in the conversation of pain, in the conversation of pain and ego. And along the journey of development of personal spiritual gifts and awareness, your pain, your ego, your memory, your past, your body, your heart, your head, your flesh, God, the ancestors, the spirits, all are communicating in the development of personal spiritual gifts and awareness. You can mask weird, but you cannot hide different. Let me say that again. You can mask weirdness, 
You can learn how to act accordingly to sort of mask weirdness, but you cannot hide different. You cannot hide being different. You cannot hide being called. You cannot hide distinct nuances that show up as gifts, skills, talents that speak to you, speak through you, speak through your hands. And so people in Western society are programmed to respond to weird, but often miss the more nuanced details of difference. Why do we require so much diversity training? We are all taught to respond to program stereotypes and to ignore or disparage difference. So it's no shock to me, no surprise to me that everybody wants to be a witch. Everybody wants to be a psychic reader. Everybody wants to be a tarot reader. It's no shock or surprise to me. But nobody wants to be different. Nobody wants to walk the path of difference. And that comes with exploring self, shadow work, light work, going deep within to better understand who we are as, as, as uh, divine and earthly hybrids, as, as part God and part animal, part human in nature. So I'm grateful for each and every one of you and everyone who's been with me and stuck with me and shared your questions and comments um, during the course of the show. I'm going to try and clean up my chat here. Thank you, Queen Sheba. I'm so with you, beloved. Thank you so much for that. Um, Evelyn Preston, thank you so much. Uh, Jody Netta, thank you so much. Thank you, Nita Lloyd. Uni, Universal, thank you so much, beloved. Danette Gibbs, thank you. I look forward to seeing you later in the week. Thank you, uh, Jean, for coming by. We most certainly appreciate you. Anthony, thank you so much. I appreciate your contribution and your showing up today. Please do keep coming back. We appreciate you. Thank you, thank you. So remember until next time that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it's all just an illusion and a test one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. Ashe, Asheo, Ashe. Greetings to Goddess Initiative. Thank you, Block Talk Radio. I certainly appreciate you. Thank you, um, Tamika, for calling in. We certainly did appreciate your questions, your comments, 
we look forward to hearing from you more as well. Peace and blessings. Congo Square. The Omus Indians. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment. But nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de grace cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world harrowed by the beat, be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums, heart beat, heart beat, heart 
be at this place, at this place, be heart, be, be, we, beating place in new world space, beating, being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace, our dance is the God walk, our music the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together, circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, connected together and singing, ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be banza music and sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out of us. But no matter... No matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day, a feel, a feel without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember. To beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square, beat, be, beat 
Remember. Remember. 